Well, we are celebrating our eighth anniversary. Eight years ago, we started our church officially. And uh, matter of fact, here's kind of how it went down. We were meeting in a home and uh, began to pray. There were about a dozen of us that met for the very first time. And we began to, to pray and we began to do Bible study. And then we kind of outgrew that home and went to the next home. And after being in that home for a little bit, uh, God opened up for us Razor Elementary in Lantana. And we met there for our first year. And uh, at the end of our first year, about three weeks before the end of the year, uh, the principal came up to me and said, well, your year's about up. Where are you going next? I go, what do you mean where are we going next? He goes, you only get one year in Denton Independent School District and your year's up. See, I'm such a great business guy, I forgot to ask, how long can we stay? I just thought it would be indefinite. But he assured me that it wasn't, that I, we had a few more weeks. And matter of fact, he said, you know what, I'm going to give you an extra two weeks. So we've got about four to five weeks to find another place. And I told my wife, I said, what are we going to do? I said, I'm going to tell everybody, I'm going to tell everybody that God's got a great opportunity for us. She goes, where is that? I said, I have no idea. What are you going to tell them? I'm going to tell the people I have no idea where that is. And so the next Sunday I said, God's got a great opportunity for us. But it's not here. We've got to go somewhere else. And so we began to pray, and God opened up a door through a series of events at Briar Hill Middle School. And that's where we were for the next three years. But we began to look for property, and because we recognized this time we can't stay forever. And so we began to look, and we looked, and we looked, and we looked, and nothing was happening. Literally every day I was making calls and just almost feeling defeated. And we were looking over on 407, and we were looking to the west. We were looking Copper Canyon, Argyle. Uh, places that we thought we might could afford uh, property. And I was just driving down this road one day. I didn't, wasn't even looking for land that day. I was coming from an appointment, and I saw a sign. It said, J&J Ranch for sale. And I did, like I'd done a thousand times before, I got on the phone, called the number, and um, I'd already told our congregation, be calling when people quote by the, by the square foot. That means we can't afford the property. And I saw that that sign, and I called, and so many times over here, they just quote it by the foot. And I said, um, I'm looking for property. And I said, there's a group of us, and I didn't tell them it was a church because that had not been a great door opener uh, up to that point. And so I'm trying to put on my business voice. I said, we're looking for property. And the lady said, how much are you looking for? I said, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, whatever you would sell us, whatever we could afford. She goes, well, we have 360 acres, and we want between seventy and $90,000 per acre. Uh, and so that's what we're asking, and we really don't want to subdivide it. I go, wow. I said, well, do you know of anybody else that has property that would be open to selling us maybe some land? She goes, to be honest with you, we inherited that property, and I, I don't really know people down there. And so uh, I said, well, man, we're a church. If you hear of something, if you ever come across or if anything happens, I just want you to know we're very interested. She goes, you know what? My husband just so happens, he's he's flown down there today. We live in Missouri. He's just down for the day checking out the property. And uh, so you may just try to go by and see him. I said, tell me where he is. Well, it just happened that I was wearing my cowboy boots and blue jeans, which I never do. And I was driving a truck at the time. So I pulled up there and lo and behold, there's big Tex uh, standing over a tractor with a big cowboy hat, blue jeans and boots. We began to talk and he says, where are you from, boy? I said, well, originally I was born in Lake Charles, Louisiana, from southwest Louisiana. He goes, have you ever heard of Jesse Duplantis? I go, absolutely, I have. And just to take you back about 22 years before that, uh, when I was in high school, uh, I had been dating or maybe chasing was a better word, a uh, Pentecostal preacher free, they called themselves free, uh, pastor's daughter. And so we, I was going to church with them on Sunday nights and 
And uh, I got exposed through them to a guy named Jesse Duplantis. He'd come in and tell these just marvelous stories that I just kind of engaged me. And to be honest with you, I hadn't listened to him since. And uh, But I, I rem- began to recall those stories. He said, have you heard of Jesse Duplantis? I said, absolutely. We began to tell stories, and I began to complete his, and he begins to complete mine. He gets all excited. He goes, i tell you what, boy, come over here, and let's, let's go for a walk. So we start walking, and we were about almost a mile uh, northwest of the property we're on right now. And we walk all the way, and he prays the whole way. And um, I would look up and look at him every once in a while, and we were walking through the property here. And we get to where we are right now, and he said, Boy, this is your good day. God just told me to sell you whatever you want. I go, well, what did God tell you to sell me? <clears throat> he goes, this is the best piece of property of my 360. This is what you want right here. And I go, that's what God said. I'll take it. I said, how much did God tell you to, for me to pay for it? <clears throat> and he goes, well, you know, I'm asking 70 to 90. And if I was going to break up a piece like this, it'd be 90, 95, maybe even close to 100,000. I said, well. What about if we do something about half of that? Okay. And he said, I'll do that for you. I said, well, I want 10 acres then. And um, and then because Mr. Businessman here, I haven't had a business course, I said, um, Mr. Bunn, would you pray about maybe giving us some more property and, and, and we'll write it off? I don't even know what a write-off is. I've never done one in my life. But everybody always says that, so I thought it wouldn't hurt. So I said, would you give us some more property for, as a write-off? He goes, you know what, son, I'm going to need to pray about that. I'll tell you what God tells me tomorrow. Why don't you call me in the morning, and I'll tell you what God told me. I said, that'd be great. So next morning I called him. I said, Mr. Bone, what did God tell you? And he said, God told me to give you seven more acres. And so the property we have right here, God has given to us. I mean, we still had to raise the money with 175 people, which was no small feat itself. And then we had to build. And I wish I had time to go through that whole story. Uh, but God gave it to us. I tell people the only thing I did was date a Pentecostal preacher's daughter. I mean, that's all that's all I've ever done uh, of any, any any value uh, for the for the building and the property that God has given us. And uh, and as you notice, the people who uh, just this year that have accepted Christ and have been baptized, and I want to share some stories with you. But the Bible tells us that you know, matter of fact, Abraham Heschel, who is probably one of the greatest. Uh, Jewish scholars of our days, Jewish historians and scholars, he says the most important word in the Hebrew language for a Jew is remember. Remember what God has done. God, all throughout the scriptures, encouraged his people to set up markers. And then he, he commanded them to celebrate feast, to remember what God has done. The Bible tells us here in Psalms 104, uh, in Chapter 104, excuse me, 105, verses 1 through 4. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and in his strength. Seek his face always. The Bible tells us to remember and to make known of his great works among the peoples, and amongst the nations. God has been good to us. God has shown us favor. And God has commanded His people in the Old Testament to observe certain feasts of remembrance. The Feast of Lots. A feast in which the people in the nation of Israel to remember the time that they were delivered by God through Esther. 
It was a time where we talked about just last week's how God had uh, told Saul he needed to wipe out the Amalekites. But not all of them got wiped out because we see just a couple of hundred years later, we see a man named Haman whose express purpose is to exterminate the Jews, to wipe them off the face of the earth. But God in his sovereignty works through Esther and works through the Persian emperor and has them uh, to where the people are notified and where they can defend themselves. And God delivers them. The reason they call it Purim, which means lots, is because Haman literally cast lots to determine what day he would go and exterminate the Jews. But God in his infinite mercy protected, not only protected, gave them victory. And so now they celebrate that time. The Passover, Pesach, a time in which they were to remember how they were delivered from slavery from the Egyptians. How they were to gather their things and to bake bread that had no leaven so that they could quickly leave. The Passover celebration. Not only the Passover, but the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost. Feast of Weeks that the Jews remember and as they celebrate, because it was 50 days from the time they were delivered from Egypt until the time they came to Mount Sinai. But for us as Christians, we call it Pentecost. Pentecost, 50 days from Easter. From Easter, it's when the church first began. It's when God poured out His Spirit upon the people. And it's the birthday of the first church. And that's a time for us to remember. It's a time the people and the nation of Israel were commanded to remember. The Feast of Trumpets or the New Year's, Rosh Hashanah. We're literally in that season even now. Rosh Hashanah, to remember God as you come into the new year in the importance of what He has done for you and the importance of giving Him praise and worship. Or how about the Day of Atonement? Yom Kippur, the most holy day of the Jewish calendar. Kippur literally means to cover or to atone. Yom means day. Day of atonement. Day of covering. And it was the day where the nation was gathered. They would come to the temple and a sacrifice would be offered for the nation and for their sins. And we believe as believers in Christ, as Jesus, Yeshua, Messiah, the one who has come to save us and have offered us salvation, it occurred upon the cross once and for all. The Day of Atonement. The Feast of Tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles was a time where they were commanded to remember when their forefathers wandered in the deserts and wandered through the wilderness for 40 years and lived in uh, very uh, basic housing, very flimsy housing for that, that manner. It's a time to remember their wandering. And then you have things like the Feast of Dedication, what they call Hanukkah now. The Festival of Lights. It was actually a celebration of the restoration of the Second Temple when during the Maccabean Revolt. It was in the intertestamental period of time. And there are other feasts and there are, there are other celebrations that uh, the Jews remember. But for us, we know we are commanded to remember the good things and the great things that God has done. And I want to I want to just share a few. I, I I wish I could share about 30 or 40 with you, but I want to share just a couple with you at this time. I want to share the story of a a couple of folks uh, that you saw being baptized. I just want to show a a few of those. And we didn't have time. And again, this is just over this 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 past year, uh, this year that we've seen people come to Christ. And I want to share a few of those stories with you. One is Vance Riley. Uh, I'll never forget because Vance came to me and he said, look, he goes, "Um, you know, my my family are believers. And um, I've, I've, become, I've been coming, and I, I want you to know I'm not a bad guy. I'm a good guy. I, I'm not cheating on my wife. I don't have an addiction or anything. But I just feel like 
I need something. I just feel like, you know what, I, I need God. And I, I, I want to know what I need to do to take the next step. So we began to visit, and then that night, he knelt and he prayed with me, and he trusted Jesus Christ. He committed his life to Christ and then was baptized. I, I share that story because maybe you're here today and you're thinking, I'm fine. I'm doing pretty good. I'm a pretty good guy. But the Bible tells us this, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And, and it's not just uh, the one sin or the two sin or the three sin or the hundred sin. God says we've all sinned and we all need God's grace and forgiveness. And Vance is a great picture of that. Somebody who was doing all the right stuff but just never trusted Christ. Number two, another guy uh, that I want to share with you, Fernando Gomez. I, I met Fernando right outside here one day. And uh, I began to talk to him and I asked him, I said, uh, Fernando, tell me about yourself. Tell me where you're from, where'd you come from? And he goes, you know, to be honest with you, I just got out of prison last week. He said, and um, I'm ready to begin a new life. He said, I've got a wife and kids and I, I need to find a job and uh, I'm just ready to start a new life. I, I know God has spoken to me and I'm ready to make a commitment and I'm ready to be baptized and I'm ready to start a new life. He said, I've made a lot of mistakes. I've made a lot of horrible mistakes. I've been a bad father. I've been a bad husband. Uh, I've lived selfishly, and I won't go into all the things that he had gotten into, but he goes, I'm ready to begin again. I'm ready to trust God. I'm ready to commit my life. And we baptized him just a couple of weeks later. There are two opposite guys. One who said, hey, I'm doing well. Another guy who said, I haven't done anything right. And the same merciful, gracious God receives all who will recognize their need for him. The next one is a special story to me. This is Lisa and Haley Breedlove, and they live literally right across the street from us. As a matter of fact, they've babysat for us. And um, I remember the day they, they moved in. She was a single mom, had two kids, and we went over and met them, began to visit with them, and began a, a friendship with them. It wasn't long after that that they began to come to our church. And, and then not too long ago, probably about six months ago, uh, I had a chance to visit with them, and, and they came over to my house, and they said, look, uh, you know, we just kind of went through the gospel. Said, Have you ever made a transfer of trust? Have you ever committed yourself to Jesus Christ? Have you ever transferred your trust from what anything you could do to what God has done for you and just received his grace and forgiveness and made that commitment of faith and began a relationship with God? They said, we, we want to do that. And they prayed with me, and uh, they prayed right there in our den. And trusted Christ as their Savior. And then I had the wonderful privilege of baptizing them uh, as they have trusted Christ their Savior. And, and uh, you know, my kids love them. It's just a neat thing to see what God's doing in our neighborhood. Then next, uh, the next story, Brett Nelson. Uh, Brett and his wife, Carmen, are here today. Matter of fact, they're in this service. A neat family that I got a chance to meet. Matter of fact, a, a guy that I knew, a friend of mine, a guy that I knew in Lantana, kind of hooked him up with us. And we got to meet. And I began to, to visit a little bit, and they were uh, moved down here from uh, from up north in the Chicago area. And he had been a trial attorney and just felt like it was time to, to make some changes uh, in, in life. And so they moved down here, and we began to visit and began to, to work through some things. And he had a lot of questions, and we began to answer those. And Brett came to that place uh, after we had talked a few times and said, you know, I'm ready to make this commitment. I'm ready to commit my life uh, to God. And uh, I'm ready to begin this this journey with him. And uh, so he did that, and he, he made that commitment of faith. And uh, his daughter, Lucy, about the same time began to ask he and Karma, and they began to talk. And Lucy said, I, I'm ready to be baptized. I'm, I'm ready to make a public profession of faith. 
I'm ready to do that. So it was a neat day where uh, Brett was baptized. And then in our church, uh, for those who who uh, impact their children's lives and others' lives, they can baptize them. And that's exactly what you see Brett doing as he baptizes his daughter, Lucy, here. A special time, special day. And they're very involved with us now. And then um, last story I want to share with you before we have a uh, uh, a couple of people come up. Kurt Andrews, uh, I, I want to share this with you. Uh, Kurt was one of those guys, kind of a self-made man and done well in business and in the corporate world. And some things had kind of uh, not gone exactly as he had hoped. And uh, he said, you know, I was I was raised in a Catholic church, but I just kind of been away, been away from a long time and uh, just really didn't have a relationship with God. And uh, he said, I began to come my wife. I began to come. And he said, I sat there and I began to pray a prayer and I began to go, God, speak to me. If you're real. Speak to me. Show me. And he said, after I was here a couple of times, he said, you ask people to stand. And I, I did that last week. If you were here and, and just pray, say, if you need to hear from God, if you need a touch from God, I want to invite you to stand right now. And then some people just put a hand upon him, began to pray for him. And, and as we prayed, he said, I just felt the spirit of God as those people touched me. And as the prayer was offered, I felt God saying, I'm here. This is real. I'm revealing myself to you. It's time to come to me. And he said, I knew it was real. I knew God was speaking to me. And, uh, and he trusted Christ and then was baptized a neat story how God has been working in the lives. I just want to remind you, when we have those prayer times, you wonder, what is God doing? God is moving. Don't ever underestimate the power of the Spirit of God through prayer. Even when we don't know what to say, even when we don't know what to do, the support that we have, what's happening supernaturally through the Spirit of God as He speaks to people. Oh, be aware of that. I want to invite a couple people. Matter of fact, I want to invite three people to come up on the stage. And I just want you to briefly hear their stories this morning. And so uh, I'm going to ask Tyler Reeves and uh, Don Jones and uh, Matt Jones to just come on up at this time if they would. And I, I want them to just share. And I just want to ask them a couple of questions real quickly. If uh, you guys would come on up here at this time. Um, this is Tyler, uh, not Tyler Reeves, Tyler McHugh. My old roommate was Tyler Reed. Tyler McHugh and uh, Tyler uh, trusted Christ at a, an event we had a few years ago. He made a commitment uh, of his faith to Christ and has just really grown in his faith. His family is very involved here. And then uh, this is Matt. Matt is still on his spiritual journey, and I'll let him share uh, that right now with you in just a moment here. And then this is Don, who trusted Christ here the, uh, this year and, and then was baptized a few months ago. And so I just wanted them to kind of share their story, how they come to Christ and how they came to where they are. And uh, Tyler also went with me with World Vision. You know, we're partnering to adopt a thousand children, to sponsor a thousand children. And uh, you saw some picture, matter of fact, of, of the child that I'm sponsoring in the Dominican Republic. And Tyler went with me on that trip. And I'm going to ask him to kind of conclude with that. But I'm going to start over here with Don. And Don, if you would, just share with us uh, how you came to Christ, if you would. Um, okay. So some of you already know, we um, moved here from England. So I grew up in England in a, I'd say a Christian home in a way that I knew my parents believed in God, um, at, but there was no outward expression of that. Um, I mean, we didn't pray at home, we didn't go to church, um, and it, and I went to a Christian school, um, that was probably the place where I had the most, um, exposure to anything but I never grew up thinking any more of than just believing I thought I believe in God and live my life I'm 
kind to people, caring to people, um, do the right thing, and my life will be good. I never thought that anything was missing in my life. Um, and I always remember thinking, which I think is funny now, is that I always would think, well, you know, the Ten Commandments, that's a good way to, you know, live your life if you keep doing all those things. And now I realize that really I just picked out a few of those things. Um, and I wasn't following the whole ten. Um, and then in 2003, we moved here to Texas. And I think now looking back, that's really when God started to work um, in our lives. And we um, were invited to go to church with some friends um, through Matt's work. And we went. And then I decided that I wanted to go again. Um, so I did. Um, but it didn't something didn't feel right I don't know what it was I never thought anything more of it and we continued until um, our oldest son Adam was coming up to preschool and he was 18 months and people were saying well where's he going to preschool and I said well he's 18 months old I didn't think he had to go to preschool yet and they said well you need to hurry because everywhere will be full and so one of my friends said what about that new church on cross timbers I think it's called rock point they have a new preschool opening maybe they've got space so I called and I went and met the preschool teachers at the old location before they moved here and just, I don't know, I, something just felt right. I never looked at any other preschools. It was the only one I looked at. I said, yep, we'll sign him up here. And he came and then that's when really my life started to change as I got to know the teachers here um, and just saw just a strength that they had, um, a joy, um, a peace, um, the way that they lived their lives. Um, they, there were people going through tough times, but they just always had a smile on their face. And they, they used their face to get through it. And it just moved me um, to just try and find out more. I kept talking to people um, I would have conversations with teachers about it, and then eventually um, Kathy invited me to come to church here, and so I did. In January 2009, I came. I came once a month. I came with the boys, and then the next month I'm coming two times, and I'm even like, okay, now I need to come every week. I just, I just needed to come more and more. I just was drawn in, and um, and then in September, um, Matt started to come too, and. Um, you know, we were coming every week, and um, in January of this year, I accepted Christ, and um, I've completed, I've done two Bible studies, I went on the women's retreat, which was amazing, um, serving the nursery, I just am finding that I just want to be more and more involved, I just want to know more and more, um, and in April um, this year, I was baptized, and I just now know that from that I've moved from just believing in God to having that relationship. So from my side, that's the second time this morning, I'm going to have to follow that, and that's challenging enough. Um, similar, growing up in, in the UK, I, I, um, I also, from the age of about nine to, to the age of 18, I went to a... Uh, Church of England school, and we had religious, small religious service every morning, and 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 the same 
religious service from the Little Red Church of England book every uh, every weekend, and we went every weekend. And by the time I was about 13, I knew it off by heart, every word, every letter. Didn't need the book anymore. Um, kept on going until I was 18. Um, it was a thing to do, but similar to, to Dawn, it, it was just there as a constant. Never really put much thought into it. Um, and at the same time, through my late teens, growing up as a uh, as an engineer and a scientist, started to get a whole bunch of disconnects that I I certainly couldn't intellectually put together. And by the time I was 18, I had science over here and religion over here, and I uh, kind of went off to college to be an engineer, and religion stayed over there. And for 15 years, I never looked back, never gave it a second thought. I um, didn't step foot inside a church, and much like some of the stories you, you've heard earlier on, Ron talking about this morning, I, I thought, I'm alright, I'm a good person, I'm not cheating on my wife, um, I'm, I, I'm behaving, I'm, I'm alright. And, uh, and then as Dawn said, she started getting involved with Rock Point through the kids, and, and from, uh, from my side, our, our wedding anniversary is at a similar time to the, to the Rock Point anniversary, and we sat down for a meal on our, on our 10th wedding anniversary and um, started talking about going to church and, and getting involved. And, and I'll be honest with you guys, at, at that point, I, I was still the, the, the rock-hard scientist. There was no way. I'm like, this is this big bang and this, we're, we're, all, we're all good. I don't, don't need this church stuff. But I was also scared. Um, and I was scared that the family was getting involved in something that I didn't know about um, and, and that I couldn't be involved in um, because... Hey, I'm, I'm a scientist and I'm an engineer and we don't do those kind of things. And, and, and so I came and after a few weeks of coming, we were, we were sitting down uh, again to, to talk through it. And, um, when you walk out of those doors at the back after every Sunday, something feels different. You feel better. You interact with the people in here. You feel happier. You feel inspired. And for me as a scientist, that was the bit that then, I couldn't add up, and, and, and that didn't make sense, and there has to be something more. So over the last 12 months, with a lot of support from, from folks here, uh, and, and seeing what a change it's made in, in my family, um, I've done a lot of reading, I've done an awful lot of thinking, I've opened my mind up a, a whole lot more. Um, and uh, one of the second services that I, I went to, I think, was the uh, Rock Point 7th anniversary service, and... Uh, if you'd have told me that a, a year later I'd be sitting up here in my ceremonial blue denim and rock point cowboy boots, which <laughs> is also a coincidence, um, I, I wouldn't have believed you. Um, but I'm here uh, and I have a, a, a newfound belief in God. As Ron said, I'm, I'm, I'm still seeking, I'm still working stuff out. But um, I've had an awful lot of changes over the last year and it's uh, in most parts uh, to my family and, and the folks involved in this church. Real, real briefly, real briefly before Tyler shares, Don, Matt, I'm just gonna let y'all share. Uh, you know, Don, you shared a little bit earlier. Um, how is your life different? And then Matt, what is the one thing that makes the greatest impact on you, or that could make the greatest impact on you today, as far as in your journey toward Christ? So I'll let you briefly answer that, and then we'll let Tyler share. Well, as I said earlier, so I've gone from just believing in God to now having that relationship, and it's just changed how I live every day. Um, I don't, 
I never had, I never felt like I was missing anything. You know, like, but now I feel like a piece of my heart has filled with something else. Um, and I walk every day. I never feel alone. Um, and I have a trust. Um, and it encourages me. And I know some of you know that um, in a few months we're going to relocate. We're going to have to leave, um, move to Virginia, which is going to be hard. But the one thing I feel like we came here and this has all happened and it gives me strength to move. And um, before the summer, um, or during the summer, I did the Bible study here, the Heroines and Vixens Bible study. And I just will always remember studying Rebecca and how she left her family and she had no idea. She just left and... and um, one thing that came out of that was just to embrace the unknown. And I know that, you know, we're going to, it's going to be hard to leave here. This is where our journey starts. It started, but it's not ending. And um, it will carry on. Um, and um, one thing that um, I was thinking last night about Rock Point's vision as a church, um, and, you know, it's, I know, I noticed it's over there. Um, receive, equip, impact, and, um, and to send. And I really feel like Rock Point has done that for me. I mean, received me as I was, has received Matt, you know, and didn't, never felt like we shouldn't be here, um, has impacted my life more than anyone will ever know. Um, and I, and I feel like now I'm, being sent out. I feel like there's some purpose for us leaving. I have no idea what it is. Um, but I'm hoping it's going to become clear. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to have a new challenge and a new focus. But um, I just want everyone to be encouraged here to know that your prayers and every time you interact with anyone and speak of your faith, you don't understand the difference it can make in someone's life. So thank you. He's got a plan for us. We know where it is. We don't know what yeah. it is. Um, from from my side, in, in terms of what's made the most impact and what continues to make the most impact, in the in the year we've been here, and Dawn's talked about um, or that I've been here, Dawn a little longer, the, the the reception that we've got and the warmth that we felt. Beyond that, though, um, we've seen here um, in, in the church such strength, such courage, such a sense of community, uh, a willingness to help. Um, and from my side, as someone who, who go, who's gone from believing in God to not believing in God, or at least forgetting how to, and, and, and back again, um, trying to understand uh, what's meant by a personal relationship or trusting Christ is something that, I, 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 for me personally, I'm still trying to get to the bottom of. But each of you, in the way that you go about what you do, um, the example in what you set, and how you talk to other people about it, and how you're willing to, to, to open up and, and share those experiences, makes such a difference. And, and you don't know when, when you speak and who you're speaking to, whether it's going to touch them or not. And what I'll say is, is certain people over the last year have said things to me, whether they realized it or not, that's made such an impact in, in my particular journey. Um, I'd say to all of you, thank you, and, and to encourage you to keep talking to people. Because that's where you really make an impact on uh, folks like me. So thank you. Thank you. Kyle, if you would, kind of share your story briefly and kind of what God's putting on your heart. Sure. Now. I, uh, 
I was flattered to come up on stage. I thought I was going to come up on stage to present about our Dominican Republic trip. It took me a long time to say that. I kept saying Dominica Republican for a long time. So I got that down. But uh, Ron said, well, I want you to share about your journey. And I'm like, well, that's going to take a whopping about 30 seconds But because uh, I'm a pretty boring dude. So I grew up on a small town, middle of nowhere. Um, grew up as a, uh, a Lutheran. And we... we kind of joke around and call it Catholic light. A lot of tradition, <laughs> battle hymns, you know, everything everything through, right? It's straight through. You pull out your, your church card on Sunday at one hour, whether you need it or not, you play your church card, and then you go have your lunch with all your friends, and then you go home, and that's about it, right? So growing up, it was just a, you know, it was, it was something that you did. It was It was an activity that you did on Sunday, and then that was it. Right? And you go out on the farm and you, you do your stuff. So when you leave uh, the farm area, many of my friends, and, and me included, basically, it just kind of disappears. It's a card that you don't have to play on Sunday anymore. It's, it's you know, you do when you go home with mom and dad, but that's about it. Go to college, go do your whatever you want to do. All of a sudden, I start having a family, and I'm like, man, I need to start getting into the church a little bit more. I need, I need that. I need to be playing that card with my family as well. And we traveled around a little bit, and we got to Texas, and we're farming around for a different church. We're looking around, and we go to one, and it doesn't fit. We go to another, it doesn't fit. And my wife says, well, we have some friends that is going to this school over here to a church. And I'm like, oh, school, church. Okay. All right, here we go. So well, let's go. So we go in. And first church in, there's this guy up on stage, and he has a goat on the stage, and he's talking about the the Passover and sending the lamb out and, or the goat out into the uh, the escape goat, right? And I'm like, that was the coolest thing I've ever been to. I, I learned a lot in that one. I've been, I've been years and I haven't learned that much. And so, get interested, and then my wife says, well, okay, my friends that invited us also invited us to go to small group. I'm like, oh man. Now we're going to go to small group too. All right, here we go. So we go to small group, and I'm like, uh, I'm I'm going because I got a wife and I got kids, and it's a good idea, right? And all of a sudden, small group starts capturing my heart as well, right? I start getting a little bit more involved. I start making connections a little bit more. All of a sudden, I'm volunteering for for running the soundboard. Uh, my wife's volunteering for doing different stuff, and small group was a conduit for us, and it's something that. I said is a vital part of my family's growth has been the small group. And, and if you're not involved in a small group, I got to tell you, it's, it's something that I think that you should do because it's, it's a way to make a connection. It's a conduit for you to become part of the church and not, not be, you know, it's more than that, right? It's, it's, it's actually participating in it, right? It gets you involved. It gets you feeling as a community a lot more, a lot faster and a lot harder, right? So, we're doing our, our Sunday thing, and, and we're, we're volunteering. We're doing a few different things. And we go to a Sunday service in one of the schools, and I can't even remember who the guy was. Yeah, he, he came up, and he started talking about and he was he was just awe-inspiring. And so at that stage of the game, I, you know, my wife and I both stood up and said, all right, it's on our hearts. We're going we're gonna to be part of the church and be in it. And we've, and we've, been, we've been in it pretty hard since then. Um, I was blown away when Rob Run came to me and said, hey, you want to go down on a mission trip? I'm like, really? Me on a mission trip? Okay. So I went down on a mission trip, and i got to tell you, we 
live in an area that is fantastic. It, 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 there's no other way of saying it unless you go out there and take a look at what people have and what they do. We were down in Dominican Republic, and we're down in the sugarcane fields where it's the, 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 the bottom of the bottom as far as the community goes, right? They're, they are, they are, have nothing. You know, generation after generation, all they know is how to scrap together food, right? How to put food on the table maybe once a day, something like that, right? And so it's not like they don't have hope. Their hope is to get food on the table. It's that their hope is only to get food on the table. They hope no further, right? It's like they don't know how to dream a bigger dream, right? Because that's all they're dealt all the time. And and we're so lucky that that, you know, you dream a bigger dream, you can go to college, you can go do the things you're going to do, you can go get a good job, you can go do these things because we have the infrastructure to support it, right? We have all of this stuff that we've got. And down there, it's amazing to me that we went down there and people are still very happy. They're still very hopeful, but there's just the absence of everything. Kids not having shoes. Heck, kids running around naked half the time, right? There's so many things that they didn't have down there. And to me... All of many of my friends that I talk to, and this includes like doctors, lawyers, engineers, it doesn't matter who they are, right? I've got lots of friends, and lots of my friends that are my age, men, they are, they have a heavy heart. They're like, is this it? Is this all I am? Is this all I got? Right? I truly, and, and I felt, I felt that way through my year, my 30 years here. It, it's something that, 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 in our society, I think that we get complacent. I think that we get to is this it perspective. And I, ha- I felt that mission work is going to be part of something that I take on for me because it feels a little hole in my heart to say, no, this isn't it. I can make an impact on one child's life. One child, to give one child hope, to give them a possibility of going to college, to give them a possibility of having something, to give water to a village, to do something for one person, right? And that's one person. Maybe I'll do two, maybe I'll do three. But if I can have an impact on someone's life to try to make it better for them, and it's something that I can do by just, you know, giving a little money, going out and, and every once in a while taking a trip, trying to help out and try to do those kinds of things, I, I, I'm, it's, it's getting deep in my soul to try to do that and try to help out in that way. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. May the Lord bless and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the countenance of the Lord fall upon you and may he grant you peace.